This is Kim Balorchi, and I want to welcome you to the Boldly Stated podcast. When I was growing up, my grandpa used to reprimand me from time to time and say, don't assume. He'd say, when you assume, it makes an ass out of you and me. And I would nod because my grandpa was very wise and, you know, think that was sort of a cute little saying. I don't think I fully appreciated that wisdom until I began studying communication and more particularly how assumptions can lead to complete relationship meltdowns. This is our topic this week, so let's jump right in. I want to share with you um, an experiment I did with my advanced communication class this week because one of the things that I'm noticing in being back in the classroom is that so much has changed since the last time we were together, not just in terms of, you know, where we are psychologically, emotionally, but in the ways that we communicate with each other and in the assumptions that we're making. And this isn't just with the students. This is, I think, all of us. So we did this experiment to test sort of this idea, and I want to encourage you to play along. I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to give you a hypothetical, and then I'm going to ask you a question. So here is your hypothetical scenario. We've got two college students who are dating, and everything's going great, and then suddenly it gets weird. Sometimes that just happens. A dynamic shifts. Nobody really knows why, but things are now strange. So one of the people in the relationship believes the other probably just needs some space. And so they decide to create some space to give them time to to deal with whatever it is they're going through. So this goes on for a few weeks. And then one person in the relationship decides to go out of town and visit some friends at a different school. Now, the school where they're going is a massive party school known for weekend blowouts that are really fun. And um, they're really excited to go. So before they leave, the two have a text conversation and the person staying in town says, you know, text me when you get there. And the person leaving says, cool. But no text is ever received saying, I got here safe. So the person staying in town starts to freak out a little bit, sends a message. Are you there? Are you okay? No response. The next day, are you there? Are you okay? Is everything fine? No response. The next day, what is going on? Are you having a good time? Is everything all right? Did you make it? Are things fine? No response. The weekend is over and the person who went away is coming back to campus. The question is, if you're the person who stayed in town, what are you going to do when you connect with this person again? I want to give you a second to think about what you would do. Now, I want to point out that I left a lot of details out of this hypothetical. And the students were asking me, is this a male-female? Which is which? What kind of relationship is it? My point is, you know, if it matters, why does it matter? You can fill in whatever blanks you need to fill in to come up with an answer to this scenario. Now, I'm going to tell you what happened with my students. So they're divided into groups. And I had one group that seemed to talk for about 30 seconds, and then they were just quiet. And I went over and I said, you know, what's going on? And they said, we don't even need to talk about this. We know what we would do. It's done. It's over. Actions speak louder than words. That person doesn't respect you. You have no need to have them in your life. That's it. Okay. Then we have other groups. And when I asked them what they decided, um, everybody was pretty firm that this should be done. It should be over, that this behavior is absolutely unacceptable no matter what, and that 
there's no excuse for this person not communicating. They could have texted, even if their phone died, they could have used someone else's text, they could have used a computer. Um, they're, they're, in their mind, there was just no excuse for not communicating, you know, the arrival or, or what was going on. I did have two students out of 20 who felt like the length of the relationship maybe made a difference and that if it had been going on for a long time, they probably needed to have a conversation and talk about what was going on or what what went on and then make a decision from there. But their classmates were like, no, that is not what should be happening. This should be done. This should be over. This should be the end. So everybody was pretty much in agreement that the behavior of the person who left town was unacceptable, relationship over. But then I pointed out the fact that I'd given them one fact that no one seemed to be considering, which was that one person in this relationship had purposefully created space. And nobody asked me which one that was. So I asked them if the person who stayed in town was the one who had created space without communicating that they were creating space, does this change your decision? And then they started thinking, because what's happening now is we're realizing all the assumptions that we're making. The person who created the space created that space without having a conversation. They don't actually know if the other person wants space. They're just reacting to something strange in the relationship that makes them think they need to create space. So they're pulling away. Now think about being the receiving person of someone who pulls away in a relationship and you don't know why. If you're the receiving person, you're thinking, well, this person doesn't like me anymore, or they don't want to spend time with me, or they don't want to talk to me, or something has changed on their end. You have no idea that they're deciding to give you space because they think you're going through something. So this whole plane crash could have been avoided by a conversation at that point but nobody picked up on that. The next thing that we talked about is the fact that when, if in fact the person who was leaving was feeling like they needed space from this relationship or needed a minute to regroup and wasn't planning to text at all, they could have said, you know what? There's been something strange going on in this relationship. I don't know exactly what it is. I'm still committed to you, but I need a weekend to just think things through. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm actually not going to text you. So there was no expectation from the person who was staying in town that they would receive a text from this person. And then there were all these assumptions about what the person who went out of town was doing at this party school. Um, And I mean, I admit it. I threw in the party school thing to maybe send them down that road a little bit, but I wanted to see if they would bite. So, you know, they're assuming this person is cheating. They're assuming they're partying. They're you know, doing all kinds of things. And they're just getting worked up and upset about this person's behavior. Never mind that we don't actually know what happened here. So the point of this exercise is that we make so many assumptions about situations, about people, about what's happening in the absence of honest communication. And not only do we make assumptions in the absence of communication, those assumptions are always going to be filtered through our own life experiences. One of the reasons my students were so upset about the fact that this person took off to a party school is because a number of them have had experiences where an ex took off to a party school and behaved badly. So there are life experiences that are going to give us a predisposition to view something in a particular way. 
But the point is that if we have a conversation before it gets to that place, we can preserve our relationships and we can know where we stand. At any point in a relationship, you can have an honest discussion about where you are, what you're observing, what you're feeling, and what you're needing. When you decide to pull away based on someone's behavior because you're assuming they need space, but what if they don't? What if they actually need to be pulled closer? What if something's going on and they're not capable of communicating it? You're not responsible for their inability to communicate. Let me make that clear. But we're not doing any better by trying to unilaterally solve communication problems. So this was a really, really interesting exercise. And they all were sort of quiet when they left um, because I think it brings into focus how many assumptions we make as a substitute for communication. So I'm really curious as to where you landed when you went through this hypothetical yourself. I would love to know. So if you want to shoot me an email, kim at boldlystated.com and just sort of share with me your process, I am always fascinated by the way we sort of work through these different kinds of exercises. When we can honestly see the places where we make assumptions, it really does serve to make us better communicators. I wish you a very, very good week filled with lots of positive, honest, open communication, and I will see you back here next time. This is Kim Balorchi, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated.